Hey y'all, I'm Allie Spears, and this is Ag Chicks, where we dig deep with the women who are helping to feed the world. Today's episode is sponsored by Farm Tea Company. Farm Tea Company has apparel for all 50 states and is focused on American farmers, ranchers, and the agricultural community as a whole. Farm Tea Company shows pride in where you farm, how you farm, and why you farm. Check them out at www.farmteaco.com or at Farm Tea Co. on social media. I am very excited to be sitting down with one of my favorite rural-rooted sisters today. Uh, Hannah and I met at Natalie's retreat uh, two years ago, I guess, at this point, which is crazy to think about. Um, But Hannah is seriously one of the sweetest, kindest, most genuine people I've ever met. So I'm very excited for you all to get to meet her today through the podcast and learn a little bit more about her. Um, Hannah, if you wouldn't mind telling everyone just a little bit kind of about who you are and the things that you're kind of up to to get things started today. Well, yeah, thank you. What a sweet introduction to start <laughs> off with. <laughs> um, my name is Hannah Dorn. I am a um, rural photographer. I focus on farm and ranch photography. Um, I live in South Central Nebraska in a small town called Minden. Um, and I focus on what I call shoebox photos, which are photos that you might not necessarily hang on the wall. They might not be what you're posting on social media. Um, but they're the photos that you just keep and you tuck away and later down the road, um, you'll pull those out and, and just be so grateful to have those memories of what life was like in 2023. Yes. And that is something that I absolutely love about Hannah's uh, business model and kind of the things that she is really focusing on through your photography business. Um, even myself, I know I have like a box of pictures and stuff from when I was a kid and then even college and when we just moved recently I pulled them out and I was like oh my gosh I feel I feel like I'm I need to send a message to Hannah and let her know that oh yes I love that (laughs) um but you are so talented too and and how you capture um, the families and operations that you tend to focus on and so I love that you have really found your kind of calling and niche in terms of the area of photography that you have really liked or really enjoyed kind of uh, taking off with. So it's incredible. Yeah. Thanks. But Hannah, I want to talk a little bit too about kind of um, agriculture in terms of your involvement in it. So can you talk us through like growing up, what was, were you involved in agriculture? What kind of, how did you get to where you are in terms of being involved in the industry? Yeah, I have a little bit of a non-traditional story. So I did not grow up on a farm. I did not grow up really involved in agriculture at all. Um, My mom was a high school business teacher and my dad sold cars. So um, about as far from agriculture as you can really get. Um, I grew up in a town um, not too far outside of, well, it was dead center between Lincoln and Omaha. So quite a bit of like urban involvement, um, but it was still a small farm town. Um, when I was growing up, it's since grown to be humongous, but, (laughs) um, so I was always interested in plants, always loved to be outside. Um, I had a really awesome high school biology teacher. And so I went to the university of Nebraska Lincoln and started out as a horticulture major. Um, most of the careers in horticulture involved like landscaping or, um, like raising turf, that kinds of things. Um, and I knew I didn't want to leave Nebraska and I just, I didn't think I could be too passionate about landscaping. So I ended up transitioning to agronomy, um, because what's better than helping people grow food. So, um, I transitioned to agronomy and just got very heavily involved, um, on campus at UNL. 
especially with the East Campus organizations where the Ag College was. And I just met so many friends um, involved in the industry and just took every learning opportunity I could to submerge myself into it. Um, graduated with my degree in agronomy and then um, eventually down the line married my husband. Um, he has a small or had a small cow calf herd that he started and I've since married into the herd and now we're building it together. So um, that's been really fun. Um, and that's kind of how, how I got here in a roundabout way. Yeah. And so I know you have another job outside of your businesses as well. That's really connected to the agronomy side of things. Um, mm -hmm. Can you talk maybe a little bit about that and kind of what you do on partially side of your, your day job on one aspect? Yes, I feel like I have just like a whole bunch of side hustles. Right, right. <laughs> um, so I work part-time as the marketing manager at Ward Laboratories, which is an agricultural testing laboratory based out of Kearney, Nebraska. Um, we test for soil, feed, water, manure, plant tissue, um, really anything involved in agriculture, we can most likely test it. Um, and it's a, it's a company that started um, as just a little tiny small business in Kearney, Nebraska, and has since grown to this international company, um, which is so cool. The founder, Dr. Ray Ward, um, turned 85 years old last August. He still comes to the office every single day. He's the most incredible person. I love, <laughs> I love my chats with Ray, um, but that's where I spend three days a week. Awesome. Okay. And then um, you mentioned too, you were not involved in the cattle industry or anything like that until you married Andy, um, which also they had the cutest proposal. He literally <laughs> used eggs, which today would be a hot commodity to use yes. as a proposal. <laughs> yes. I had backyard chickens for a hot second, literally. That's about all the longer they lasted, but there were just enough eggs that they had laid that he could write, will you marry me on the eggs? So, so sweet. <laughs> and funny considering that, you know, you were, didn't really have an agricultural background right. and then now you're living live in the ag uh lifestyle for sure yes yes um but tell us a little bit about too uh you know not being raised in the industry but then getting involved in it kind of later in life what was that like in terms of like were there challenges or kind of what what did it look like I guess yes it's just a huge learning curve and I'm sure a lot of it is perceived but it just seems like a lot of people in agriculture just know things like they just know it. And I'm like, how do you know this? Right. <laughs> um, so it's just been a lot of like learning to ask questions. And the more questions I ask, the more I realize, no, obviously people didn't just come out of the womb knowing things like they had to learn somehow. So um, I just ask a lot of questions, probably to the point of being a little bit annoying, but that's how you learn. And so much of it is like, this is just what we do. Well, why do we do it this way? Why don't we do it that way? What if we ran the cows up this way instead of that way? And and now it's getting to the point where I've like started to come up with some of my own ideas as I've gotten into it. And even Andy will be like, oh, that's a good idea. I never thought of it like that. <laughs> yeah, I was actually, that's funny you say that. I was talking to um, a couple of the past guests, actually. We have brought up that point of either they weren't involved in agriculture and now they are, and they're coming up with kind of unique ways to change things on the operation, or they are a woman and obviously a woman in agriculture. Yep. <laughs> and um, they are have just kind of said, you know, my perspective on things is a little bit different and that has changed the operation too. So yeah. I love that you have kind of found your way and yeah. um, 
your your spot and your role in, in y'all's operation. Um, mm -hmm. And in terms of you got you said cattle cow calf operation, mm -hmm. um, and you guys are raising them for show cattle too to an element, right? Yes. So our primary goal for our cattle are show cattle. Um, and then what doesn't work um, as a show animal or doesn't make it as a show animal will sell as freezer beef in quarters, halves, and holes. Um, we're very small scale. We're just getting started. Um, so we try to set up a business model where we're setting our own price for everything that we sell. Um, that just helps us manage risk a lot better. Mm -hmm. um, and we're not subject to to like market fluctuations and you know, trying to just smell, sell like small groups of cattle, we're able to, to kind of have our own unique, um, like revenue streams for our products. Yeah. And that is something I feel like a lot of producers are starting to do in terms of the, um, direct to consumer, kind of the small, um, shares of beef to, to the local community. Um, and I think it's changing, I think, the way producers are thinking about how they can continue to make this a sustainable business involved in yes. terms of being involved in the cattle industry. Um, yeah. But I, it's it's so interesting, and I think it's it's going to change things. I think moving forward, mm -hmm. and even if just like you said, small scale, obviously, but if more and more ranchers and uh, operations start to do it small scale, I wonder what it will look like in the future in terms of kind of feeding our country in the world yes yeah we're also in a really interesting time like economically in our mm. country where obviously we're all seeing inflationary prices and like we're just wondering how that's going to impact not only purchases at the grocery store but then like you know maybe higher dollar farm to table cuts of products like will consumers be willing to do that will consumers be willing to pay for an entire quarter or half of an animal at one time up front, will they be more interested in like spreading out that investment over, you know, several months? What does that look like? And, and how can we continue to adapt and grow and like meet consumers where they need to be? No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> um, and just like kind of manage like the economics of the country without knowing how long this period of inflation is going to last and all of that. So it's been really interesting and it's it's had its own set of unique challenges having all of these like outside economic variables but it's a fun opportunity to just ask some questions and again like always try to do things differently and find more efficient ways to do things and and just make it better yeah no i i'm glad you brought up the economic point of it as well because i think that's <laughs> Yeah, like you said, interesting times we're living in yeah. in terms of the economy. <laughs> Not the most fun time. <laughs> right, yeah, especially when you are have businesses and um, mm -hmm. that are depending on how the economy is changing and the markets are changing and right. feed prices and all that kind of stuff. So makes yes. it, every day's a new adventure, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Throw in a drought followed by maybe we're coming out of the drought, but do we know for sure? <laughs> where Where are yeah. we? What are we doing? Yeah. And then like here in Texas, I mean, we had a drought and now we've gotten so much moisture that like, yeah. we don't know what to do with it. So it's like, oh yeah. my goodness, what, I know. what are you supposed to do? I know, I know. We can't always win. So it's all about adaptability. Oh, for sure. But interesting point too, as well, in terms of uh, the consumers, like, will they, can, will they want this product, even though it may be at a higher price? Um, I'm wondering too, if that will change the way you know, we communicate with consumers if they will feel closer to where they're getting their, or 
where their food's coming from, if that will be a um, change in terms of their knowledge in about agriculture. Um, and so I think the whole direct to consumer model is very intriguing and for, for a couple of different reasons, obviously, like you, we just talked about the revenue being able to um, have less waste in terms of, you know, cattle that you guys were not going to otherwise use. You can repurpose them, so to say, yeah. um, right. to, to feed people. Obviously that's incredible. Um, mm-hmm. Keep your business sustainable income, revenue, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But then just the connection to the community and people mm-hmm. knowing where their food comes from. So it's, yep. it's an interesting model that I'm excited and curious to see how it continues to kind of unfold. Yes. So are we, and we're, fortunate that it's just one small part of our business so we're not fully reliant on what that looks like so I feel like we're in a really nice position where we can just dabble in it a little and adjust um as the market is willing (laughs) Um, folks in our community are willing to buy it we can always you know put more into the feeder calf pen but if sales are starting to slow down, then we can find alternative markets for it. So it's, it's been really nice to have options. Yeah. And really that's what it's all about, especially for, for new producers is just cash flow. Right. <laughs> How can we get money to come in different ways at different times of the year? Yes, absolutely. And um, that brings me to my next question. So <laughs> show cattle, you guys are probably calving year round, I'm assuming, or do you have specific seasons? Nope, we're mostly in like the winter to spring time okay. frame. Um, yeah, so sort of this time of year. It's always a gamble with the weather. Like, when is the best time to calve these creatures or these little right. critters? Because, right. oh my gosh, you think you get the weather figured out and then it changes. So always adjusting. But again, we're learning. Um, but typically, yeah, this time of year is is where we kind of start to get into it. Yes. And for those of you who are listening, who are not familiar with Nebraska uh, winters, that is a um, bold and challenging job all in itself to live in Nebraska during the winter and then also have to cab in Nebraska during the winter. So I commend you all. Uh, We have some other friends who live in Nebraska and they pretty much cab at this time of year too. And they they crack me up because they'll be like oh we're watching them on the on the cam in the the barn and then they go out and they move them around and stuff so I'm like dang that's just it's a different way of doing it which is I think you know so cool about the agricultural industry Mm because every every producer is different every operation is different um no right no wrong just different and I think that that's cool yep we get a lot of questions like why do you guys calve in the winter and it sounds crazy, I know, but the cattle actually do fine when it's consistently cold. Right. And you know, as long as they're born inside, they can get wiped down and moms can lick them off and everything. Um, then once they get outside, they're totally fine. But the problem is the fluctuations where one day it's 20 degrees, then later that week it's 50 degrees. And now we're dealing with mud and all that. That's the hard part. Um, and that's what keeps changing. Like, I swear the seasons are constantly changing where one year January is cold, perfect. You know, the calving conditions are fine. Then the next year, January is all over the place, but then February is like the better month. So it's tough. Um, Again, adaptable is the key word and all that we do, but yes, we're, we're trying it out (laughs) for sure. For sure. Um, And I want to switch gears here just a little bit back to kind of you, your photography business and that. So 
you know, I know you mentioned in the beginning, um, your, your kind of model behind that and your focus was having um, pictures and photos for families to look back on throughout their kind of life. So can you tell us a little bit about kind of maybe the sessions that you offer? Because you have some very unique uh, sessions that I think are incredible for, for families in, in the agricultural industry, but then also outside as well. Yes. Um, so I focus on um, seasons. So everything we do in agriculture is season based. Right. <laughs> and maybe that's a weather season or maybe that's like a season in our operation. So um, I offer what I call four season shoots and growing season shoots. Four season, obviously four seasons. And then growing season is three seasons. Um, and so I come out to the farmer ranch and literally just follow you around. Like we go do what you would normally do um, on a day-to-day -day situation, or maybe it's something like a branding or, you know, moving cows from field to field, you know, maybe it's a bigger event that you don't do every day, but it's still, you know, kind of relatively like day-to-day -day activities. Mm -hmm. um, and like you guys or the, the subjects in the photos would just live their life and I just capture it as it happens. And of course we can always throw in a couple of post photos here and there, but um, for the most part, it's just completely candid and it's just how it happens, how the day unfolds. And we can get some of the most incredible photos that just that just tell the story and they they tell so much more than um, not knocking this. There's nothing wrong with um, with family portraits by any means, but I just feel like those photos don't tell the story of what life is like. And um, these lifestyle sessions just allow me to kind of capture that. And again, maybe it's not relevant today. Like we know what we do day in and day out. We don't need pictures to tell us, but you know, three, five, 10, 20 years down the road, things are not going to look the same. And so it's just so fun to look back and, and see how things were done in 2023 and how, how we went about getting things done. Right. Yeah. See, changes, the same things, generational differences, mm -hmm. yes. property differences. Maybe yes. there wasn't a barn there. Maybe there was a barn there and stuff right. like that. So that's so cool. Yes. And so um, in addition to that, you have some other photography uh, projects that are going on. I know that you are also um, hosting a session mastermind um what's the what's the course maybe is the yeah. right word to um have to tell teach people how to uh take better pictures on their iphones so tell us a little bit about that and kind of the details on all that too yes so our phones in our pockets are incredible cameras like and they just keep getting better they are so good um, but there's a lot of just little basic things about photography that if we're not aware of it are like, it doesn't matter how good our equipment is. If we don't understand these basics, our photos are never going to look good. Yeah. Um, I've spent years and years and years learning this, whether it's through my like big, nice camera or just the camera on my phone. So um, I'm packaging some of these tips, um, pairing them down to like the easiest small changes you can make in your smartphone photos to like really level them up. Um, so we'll talk about lighting. Um, We'll talk about just some basic settings on phones that we can alter to kind of level up photos. Um, and then of course, <laughs> the million dollar question lately is storage. What do I do? How do I manage this? Oh I have so many photos. My iCloud is out of space. What do I do? I'm gonna lose everything. Um, and I'll just kind of give you some of my tips for like making sure that those memories stay safe. Um, and then it's all about just being able to capture your own shoebox photos every single day. Um, or every week, maybe not every day, but every week, um, so that you can can have those memories as time goes by. 
And that is next week, correct? Yes, next Thursday at 8 p.m. Central Time, and it is recorded, so if you're not able to make it live, um, you can still register, and I'll make sure to send the link afterwards. Right, and sorry, we are recording this a few days before <laughs> this will go live, so this will be yes. this week, actually, because this is coming out today, yes. Tuesday, obviously, if you're listening to this, <laughs> so the day after tomorrow, um, and where can they find that information to register? Is it on your um, Instagram or best spot? Yep. Um, and on my Instagram, um, at Hannah Gable Dorn, and it's very hard to spell, but I'm sure that Allie will, um, link it. Um, and then just the link in my bio, there's a registration there. Perfect. So if you are interested in learning more about how to uh, leverage and better use your camera that you have in your phone or in your phone, in your pocket or your hand every single day, uh, definitely make sure to tune in. Um, I think I'm going to need to tune in just for the storage portion of that only because uh oh my gosh that is an ongoing battle Um, oh I know that's a new thing I'm adding so like just off the wall before I ever started this webinar so many people were having the same problem all at the same time and I'm like okay I just need to do some digging and some research and put this all together (laughs) yes yes that is you're sitting on gold mine right there just just to share that information yes And then also kind of along the lines of your photography business and everything too, you are also involved in um, some retreats now in terms of Mm -hmm. capturing those moments. So tell us a little bit about that and how you're involved there. Yes. So actually another rural rooted attendee, Emily Rushell, um, she was at a different retreat than Allie and I, but we were able to meet at the reunion last January, Mm -hmm. over a year ago. Wow. Time is flying. Right. Crazy. (laughs) Um, I was able to meet Emily and then she put together her own retreats called Ascend. Um, And so I um, was hired to photograph the retreat last November in Destin, Florida, and I will be joining her in Branson this coming March um, to photograph the women there and and just the, the event as a whole and Oh man, so much fun. Such incredible people. Um, just such a great space to be in. So super looking forward to that. That's uh, awesome. And I'm assuming people can register for that still as well through Emily or do you have that yes. information? I think there's maybe like one or two spots left. Okay. It's, it's nearly full. So um, very close to being full. The dates, I think are March 16th through 18th. If that's a Thursday through Sunday. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, Emily's ears must have been burning. I just saw an email come through from her. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's an incredible time. The women there are amazing. And it's just focused, um, it's really tailored towards um, women in rural communities who like everything is going fine. Um, life is great, but feel like maybe, hey, I feel like there's something more out here for me. And for some people at the last retreat, it was just like, I want to like our businesses are thriving, but now I want to come back and spend more time with my family. And for others, it was like, I've been so focused on my family that I've kind of neglected myself. And now I need to find my own avenues. Um, And some of them were kind of business oriented. Some of them were more just kind of like professional development oriented. So it there's really, it's totally tailored to, to what you're needing, but for anyone that's just like, man, there's gotta be something more. Mm -hmm. This is the thing for you. Awesome. Very cool. And kind of along the lines too of, uh, you know, women attending retreats as we both have and yes. obviously how we met. Um, and then kind of having the the evolution that follows after, what would you say, like, 
what was your evolution? Because I know where you started, you know, two years yes. ago in March, uh, I, when we were sitting in uh, the Scourge in in, De in yes. Colorado, Golden, Colorado, not Denver. Um, and now, I mean, you're thriving and doing all these incredible things. So tell us a little bit kind of about your evolution of like, and realization of yes, this is what I need to be doing, or I need to not be doing that and kind of because you have a, a really cool kind of story through all that. Yep. Um, so I had my photography business started when I'd gone to the retreat, but it just it was very slow going and I was still working full time. Um, and I was like, man, I know this can work. I just don't know how to get it to work. And so I went to the retreat to focus on that. Um, learned so much more about myself in the process that I had no idea I would be getting. But really, that's the foundation. Like so much of it is um, working through your why and what motivates you and and why you even care about things in the first place. Why do I care about taking these pictures in the first place? Um, and so working through all of that was so much more impactful than I could have ever, like I could have never come to these conclusions on my own ever. Um, so that part of it was just incredible. And then of course you leave and you just want all these things to magically happen, but unfortunately that's not the way it works. You actually have to put in the work, which is ridiculous. Right. I know. <laughs> Such a scam. <laughs> I know. Right. Um, but yeah, just came home and was refreshed with all sorts of ideas and this whole network of women that I could, you know, play ideas off of, um, where you're still in touch to this day, two years later, um, and just was able to like keep working and keep growing and keep learning and keep grinding at it. And last April, so a full year after I attended the retreat, um, I was finally in a position to be able to cut back to part-time. Um, and then this year, 2023 is starting off with a bang and I don't know what all the year will have in store, but man, I'm optimistic. It's, it's going to be fun. And um, I've kind of niched down into to some different offers, and I'm specifically working with farm and ranch families now. Um, there are a lot of other incredible families that I had the opportunity to serve, but now is just the time to focus in on my my farm and ranch families. So working a lot towards that in 2023, and then, man, you just never know what other kinds of crazy projects will come up in the midst. So it's going to be fun. It'll be a little bit of a wild ride, but it'll be good. That's so awesome. I literally am so proud of you and so excited for you because you. you are doing such incredible things. And I feel like you finally like found like your rhythm and like, yes. you're like, yeah, I got this. I'm doing it. It's, yes. it's going to be great. Like I I'm so excited to see um, more things unfold for you and just to see you continue to develop into the person that you are already oh, like incredible you. person that you are, <laughs> but continue to grow to in, in all of these spaces um, and do all these incredible things that you're doing. So um right. Any kind of parting words of advice for anybody, maybe in agriculture, um, if obviously if somebody's listening and they're involved in agriculture, but or even just kind of like business advice in terms of developing different things um, and, and really letting your business also represent yourself, maybe too. Yeah, um, I'd say like if you have a dream, if there's something that in the back of your mind that you're like, man, this would be cool just go for it, honestly. And <laughs> I'm going to tell you straight up, you're going to have to work at it harder than you ever dreamed that you'd have to work at. Um, there's a good chance it's going to cost way more to pull this thing off than you ever dreamed. It's going to take more time. It's going to take more effort. Um, 
you will have highs and lows like you never imagined it will be a giant roller coaster but gosh darn it if you believe in it just go just keep going keep pushing keep grinding and just just do it yes I could not have said it better myself (laughs) I love it um and Hannah, thank you so much for spending time with me. I'm so glad we finally got this on yes. the books oh, and man, recorded. This is a long time coming. <laughs> no, I yeah. You people who are listening, you have no idea. We've we've had <laughs> um some some setbacks for sure on getting this yeah. but I think this was probably like the perfect timing. Um, yes, you know, everything happens easy. for a reason. All the timing always works out. So. Um, I'm glad we were able to do this. And Hannah, I know you mentioned earlier your Instagram handle. Um, is that truly the best place for people to connect with you? Or do you want to share an email or website or anything like that as well? Um, yes. So Instagram is the best. Um, just at Hannah Gable Dorn. And again, the spelling is weird. So check <laughs> the show notes. Um, and then from there, you can get to my website, the Zoom webinar, email, all the things. Perfect. Thank you so much, Hannah. And I can't wait to watch you continue to move and shake the world. Thanks, Allie. This was fun. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Ag Chicks. Don't forget to follow along on social media at Ag Chicks on Instagram and Facebook. And that every episode has a visual version on YouTube on the Ag Chicks channel.